going on, everybody? This is the PWZ Podcast. I am Rick Del Santo, the professor, if you will. Joining me, as always, on this wonderful Saturday afternoon, Showtime, Marcel Williams. What's going on? What's going on? We here on December 3rd, Saturday. We are going to review the week of last of last week. You know, last Monday Raw, we had three hours, three good hours of Monday Night Raw. I would say good, okay. It's all right. And uh, we will review some Dynamite. And obviously last night's SmackDown. And, um, you know, for now on, as Rick may explain to you, as, as, uh, as I will, we go promote the whole week of professional wrestling because we have missed a lot of time with y'all people and probably lost a few subscribers. So we want to regain those subscribers and start reviewing the whole week of professional wrestling all in one take. Here, Saturday, 6.05. There you go. There you go. We got, um, so before we jump into Monday Night Raw, what's going on with yourself outside in the in your world of professional wrestling? My world of professional wrestling is, is uh, trying to recoup, trying to get better. Yeah. You know, the, the, the lower back is still uh, continuously to ache me, so... Uh, sooner or later, I get the results, and then I know what's up. But uh, sooner or later, I get the news what's going on. But I am here in the office to try to sit here and continue to do this podcast that I love to do as well and continue to review the sport of professional wrestling. There you go. There you go. Um, you're looking forward to getting in uh, in the ring at some point with Mr. Uh, Alan Compass and making maybe uh, – Sticking that crowbar somewhere? Yeah, sooner or later, uh, somebody will be seriously removing the crowbar out of some uh, place that we do not want to scare the kids about. There you go. There you go. (laughs) Uh, Let's see what happened here. Uh, Actually, you know, before we get into the WWE, let's say that uh, the first night entrance into the Battle of Los Angeles has been announced out in uh, Pro Wrestling Guerrilla. Looking forward uh, to this. I do have the list here. I'm really looking forward to uh, when this happens. Let's see. Hang on, is this it? Yep, it's taking place uh, January 8th at the uh, the Globe Theater in Los Angeles. Excuse me, 7th and 8th at the Globe Theater in Los Angeles. Uh, let's see. It's Michael Uko, Sean Skywalker, uh, Masha Slamovich, Speedball Mike Bailey, Commander, Alex Shelley, Jonathan Gresham, Titus Alexander, and Aramis. I don't know if I pronounced that properly, but the first nine participants. Uh, and so I'm guessing that there's going to be more to come. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. If that streams live, sometimes it'll stream over on the High Spots Network. I'll, uh, I'll check that out or have to wait eight months for the Blu-ray to come out. Yeah, there's a lot of history with this event. This is like the biggest indie event on the West Coast, right? Yeah, it's like one of the biggest uh, ones yearly um, that's been happening for, geez, I don't know, for for well over 15 years, I think. Yeah, you got like the who's who that ever competed in the Battle of Los Angeles. Absolutely. Kevin Steen. Yeah. yeah. Young Bucks. I think Omega was there once. Danielson was there. I mean, that's uh, they brought in everybody. Mm-hmm. So, continue the tradition with new faces. It seems like they don't run nearly as many shows as they used to. I think that uh, 
probably since COVID, they you know they'll run a few shows a year, but any time they come out, I uh, I usually watch them and I and I uh, thoroughly enjoy them their uh, their events. Yeah, it's gonna be a big event for all the independent stars in the local area and nationwide, maybe even international. And uh, speaking yeah. of international. Obviously, we've got the Wrestle Kingdom coming up January 4th with the big match between Will Ospreay versus Kenny Omega. First time ever. That's going to be something else. Uh, I think we're going to uh, – we might have to actually sit down and uh, talk about yeah. that event after probably the next day because that stuff airs at like 1 or 2 in the morning. I'm not I'm not going live at like 5 in the morning. I'm sorry. It, exactly. I mean, we're committed, but we're not that committed. I, I need some sleep. <laughs> And that's a long event. It's no longer two nights. You scrap that. So now, you know, it's yeah. gonna be probably five hours. Yeah. The past events that have been one night for like five hours. It's probably the, you know, the equivalent to WrestleMania over there in New Japan. Like that as far as like the biggest show of the year. Yes, it is. Yep. Yep. All right. So uh I did hear some other stuff about punk. Have you heard uh anything else? It varies, man. I mean, ever since we uh did uh, all out a few, uh, like almost a few weeks ago. Um, there's been nothing but uh, hearsay, you know, he's he's done with the business. He's, he got, you know, his dog got his tooth knocked out, everything else. It's always some news every week. So I, it is, you know what, it's to the point now, um, at this point, we in December now, this happened, what, way in September? So yeah, um, to this point is, is whenever is whatever happens live on TV is whatever. That's the only way that I'm gonna confirm my news, right? Because like, yeah, you just never know. News is it's always new news every day. Of what goes on with CM Punk and what doesn't? I, I do want to. I'm gonna read a quote from Meltzer that uh, took place on uh, Observer Radio. It said Punk, as of the weekend, was all uh, still under contract to AEW. It was being paid, and those close to him said. Uh, the hold up is the hold up on his being released is all on the AEW side, but he's ready and willing to move on to the next project. I'm not quite certain what that is. Is that uh, could that be a, the speculated WWE return, or could it just be something entirely different? Or my personal opinion, this is just a thought that I had that they could turn this into a story. Your thoughts. Um, there's always been that, that wording in wrestling, what's best for business, right? I would think it's right. best for business for him to come back and feud with the, uh, the elite, but, um, yes. it, it gotta be all hands on decks. So you gotta put everything aside, be grown men and, um, do what's best for business. It would be a, a good time to see Kenny Omega versus CM Punk. Will be It will be a great a moment. It would sell tickets, you know, or see the Young Bucks versus, uh, FTR, a big trios match between uh, CM Punk and FTR versus the Why not? I think that it is uh, very possible. Um, very possible. I know some people just think that he wants to, uh, to they want to get rid of him. But I'm saying no, I don't think that that's necessarily, like you said, best for business. I think that it would be quite the wise decision if they did if they could both if it's a legit heat to begin with uh, you know the, like you said there's still a lot of speculation but they could just go in shake hands and try to work 
they could make them they can make money off this they can make a lot of money off this i believe yeah they can and you know like i said i mean we learned from brett and sean all the heat was beside multi-million dollars off that just one feud you know or yeah. any other person that didn't like working each other it could have been some big money involved but um Hopefully, just get put aside and business come first, and everybody make the money that they need to make. There's also been speculation on uh, or word rumor on The Rock may or may not be returning uh, at the Royal Rumble. And rumor is that it's just that, just that, a rumor. And if anybody, it, it has been talked about with just a couple people backstage. And some people may know about it, but nobody else knows anything. So it's possible that it is, but it's being tightly kept under wraps that he would come in at number 30. What's your That's another situation where you you know you you just want to wait and see. You know, is this yeah. big speculation? Everybody wants to see the rock versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania, which I feel yeah. shouldn't even be for the championship. It should be just no. a regular same match and just call it a day. I don't think The Rock should just come in and get a uh, title shot right off the rip, just like that. He's been gone for a number of years, so yeah. Um, and then, but I then not only that too. Like, hey, I be hearing these ideals because I, I I watch PW Insider, I watch uh, yep. Solid Monster. Shout out to them and their ideals, but it's just ludicrous because it's two nights. You should have Roman Reigns wrestle twice. He should wrestle The Rock the night before, and then wrestle either Cody or whoever. Uh, vibe for the championship. Whoever wins the rumble is that's too much. That's too much. Truthfully, I feel like Bianca Belair should main event uh, night one because she has tore it down for the last two years. She absolutely has. Um, who was she going against? If uh, I mean, obviously, it's not built up just yet, but would it be Bailey? You think that feud's going to still continue by then? No, I think my two picks is the Aria Ripley, okay, or either. Charlotte. Okay. That makes sense. I haven't seen much of Charlotte as of late. Yeah, but you know, yeah. they had a they, they had a classic early on in the year um, on Raw, on an episode yes, of Raw did. that probably everybody forgot about because <laughs> we have so many of them. But uh, they had a little classic in the in early on in the year, so I wouldn't mind seeing that WrestleMania between these two. Two of them are very athletic, very sports-bound of what they did in their past and I, I would look forward to those two going at it in a WrestleMania-style match. Now that you mentioned it, I think that it, if I remember correctly that it's been talked about her and Rhea, if I, if I remember correctly, uh, being it's going to be built uh, for WrestleMania as of uh, probably start to build it up, I guess, at the Royal Rumble, right? If they probably yeah, they, I mean, they, they don't tease it a lot. I mean, they teased it on Raw like a few weeks ago where they went face-to-face in the back. And they even teased it out in the ring as well when they was building up to war games. So, right. um, I mean, there's so many different roads to, to go on with WrestleMania. You got you could do Becky Lynch versus Rhea. You could do Becky Lynch versus Ronda Rousey. You put Ronda, uh, Ronda Rousey versus uh, Shayna Baszler. You could do, <laughs> you could do so many things with the women going forward to next year's WrestleMania. And, and there's a lot of time, a lot of space too. It's two nights. So we've got do so much four months. We've got four months to build anything up as yes. of right now. So yes, you do. Uh, it, it seems like it's so far away. 
But once it uh, once January hits and the rumble hits, it's not that far away. That goes by quick and the, the buildups go, you know, so it, there's not nearly as much time as you may think. And then now that you still got the question mark with Sasha. So, yes. so it's so it's so much going on within the and with the buildup. The WrestleMania ticket sales are through the roof right now. They done sold almost 60,000 tickets each night and still got more tickets to sell. So that was a big thing when uh, the power switched over from uh, Vince McMahon to Paul Levesque. And ticket sales has gone up lately. Yeah. Well, he's doing something different. I mean, I'm not 100% convinced, but I am enjoying the product somewhat. I actually sat through a full three hours of Raw for the first time in a <laughs> quite some time. <laughs> yeah, quite some time. Then now, yeah, like his pay-per-view record, I don't count SummerSlam. I, I really don't because that was already in the books already when yep. the old man was in the seat. But, uh, you know, uh, Castle, the Castle event. Clash yeah, at the Castle. Castle. Clash yep. at the Castle, right? Clash yeah. at the Castle was a, a great event. Then we had Streamer, Extreme Rules, which was great. And then we just came off a, a hot Survivor Series war game. So the streak continues. Yeah. Then we got the big World Rumble coming up January 28th in San Antonio at the Alamo Dome. And uh, ticket sales is even through the roof with that one, with the, the biggest World Rumble gate ever. Really? Wow. When we get closer, we're going to start doing our predictions. So as to who may be the special guy, special appearances, and uh, obviously as the matches get announced. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, 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 it's a big gap from now to the rumble, which is a good thing, like the old days. Yeah. So yeah. as we, so trust me, so it's going to be big Raws along the way to build up to a rumble. So we may get some big main events along the way on Raw. And I, I like that. That's a good thing. One more thing before we go uh, switch over to Raw. Did you happen to see the Ricky Steamboat match last weekend? I, I seen the something. clip of him doing the arm drag, and it looked like he still had it. He had it more better than Flair. Um, I will. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I watched the event. So I watched the event. Um, I thought it was a really good event. The match itself with him teaming with FTR going against uh, Nick Aldis, Brock Anderson, Jay, and Jay Lethal. Jay Lethal. Thank you very much. I'm sitting here drawing a blank and. It's Jay Lethal, but I thought it was a very good match, and I thought Steamboat for six was he 68, 69? He looked fantastic. He looked like Ricky Steamboat looked. He did not, and uh, uh, he did not. He was not slowed down. Uh, he looked in tremendous shape, and I thought that he really, really worked a really great match. And as you said, he looked way better than Flair. <laughs> way better, way, way better, better. And, I, and I respect it. And and you know. He on Ricky Steamboat all you like, but he made the right decision not being in that flare match. Absolutely. And, and I respect it because he did not want to look bad in that situation. And yeah, and whatever you think is good for business for yourself, that's not going to make you look bad. Take that chance because Ricky Steamboat did. He came out, came back. What? It was probably what? Two, three months from the, from the uh, flare match and okay. had his own match and tag match. And I got to tell you, he looked fantastic. So I might just go watch it again after this. So, Yep. Monday Night Raw. We open up with Becky Lynch coming out. Of course, she starts going through the crowd. 
talking to the crowd, yada, yada, all that stuff. Interrupted by Bailey. She starts insulting Bob and the other <laughs> such characters. <laughs> I don't really have much else to say to this. I thought it was uh, it was what it was. <laughs> oh, on, to me, yeah. I mean, to me, it was different. You had Becky, yeah. Becky Lynch come out and kind of tease us with that regular promo that happens every Monday. Um, little of uh, you know, every every Monday has been a little bit different. They try to make it different where it's not a twenty minute promo, and I respect that. And this one was one of them where she went into the crowd and got the crowd uh, invested as well and, and, you know, continue to be, uh, can't get that word together because you get that, but basically have them like in the program. So, you know, it don't be them in the ring sitting here doing this 20 minute promo and uh, Becky Lynch know how to sit here and control that crowd while they on a live mic. And I respect that. And Bailey continues to insult anybody and everybody. <laughs> and but the only thing I will um, talk about is as we go along with this show with Raw, um, the effects that War Games put on the body of these competitors. They didn't sell it like nothing didn't happen. They sold it like something did happen. And um, that's the big change that I took from uh, this Raw coming out from uh, War Games. It's a different era, yeah. for sure. You know, it's, it's not the Vince era, so a lot of times these guys would come out like nothing had happened, unless it was happened. Yeah. <laughs> and then I like the brawl that happened after the promo. You know, it got them going out into the concessions and doing all the extra shenanigans. So I really like this whole uh, segment that uh, for Raw to kick off. It's an eight-person tag match: Rhea Ripley, Dominic. Damian Priest and Finn Balor, Judgment Day, I should have just said. Then with uh, Mia Yim, AJ Styles, and the OC. What do you think of uh, Mia Yim's new nickname, Meechin Mia Yim? Yeah, we was like a little confused with the uh, names here last week. Um, it was mentioned. Meechin? Is Meechin? I think that's how you say it. It was Meechin, and then all of a sudden it was Mia Yim. They dropped it, so now it's Meechin. Uh, me and him now, and, I, and I'll take that because everybody needs a, a gimmick name before their their real name or whatever work name that they have. So I I, I mess with it. I mess with it. I realized I just messed up because it was originally Rhea versus Mia Yim, and then it turned into the eight person tag match. Sorry, yes, it did. it's okay. Yeah. I would I would correct uh, you soon, but you, you just wanted my opinion on me. <laughs> it was a week. It was a week away. I knew I was going to forget something. <laughs> or a week. But ago. Nah, it, it was a little teaser between me and him versus uh, Rhea Ripley, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, sooner or later we all get that. Same, like I said, we got time. We got a lot of time. We got all all of the time. We can have twenty lunch breaks as we go into uh, the Royal Rumble. So. Uh, sooner or later, we'll get the singles match between these two, but we ended up getting the eight-person tag team match. It would have been great if they sat there and did a uh, a traditional Survivor Series match because right. we didn't get a Survivor Series, but I'll, I, I, I'm not complaining about it. I'm not complaining about it, but I always did enjoy the, uh, the eight-man or ten-man uh, elimination matches. I always, uh, I always enjoyed those. You know what I mean? As part of the Survivor Series, but to ha- to have them not there this year and have War Games, it was it had it was different, and I I did enjoy that. 
Yeah, it was. Um, I know there's a lot of people because I listened to uh, the PW Insider and they asked the question of should the Survivor Series name stay with the War Games because the tradition, because people was complaining that the tradition was always Survivor Series was the eight person or the the ten person elimination match. Is you can't satisfy everybody. You can't. Um, I fully understand. There was years when they didn't even have them at all. Thank you. I'm glad you said that. There was years that they didn't have them. They didn't even have at least one in a half. Yeah. Maybe not even a half one. So, <laughs> so you know, it just um, everybody else going to have their complaints. I kind of feel like it was different. It was still had that Survivor Series feel because you every what three minutes you had a, an, an advantage. That's yeah. still part of the Survivor Series tradition. I mean, yep. even the 2002, you had Elimination Chamber that still had the same kind of the same rules as the War Games and the Survivor Series together. So right. uh, it's always going to be a complaint, and I enjoy the Survivor Series War Games. If they want to keep going forward with it, keep going forward with it. Yeah, I thought it was great. I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing it again next year. Yeah, absolutely. And then, then not only that, like, if they are going to still do this brand split thing, it would be great if they did the brand split in the War Games, have Raw versus SmackDown. You know, it'd be yeah. different. I, I know this one was revolved around certain stories because we didn't want to keep doing this brand thing, which was mixed up in the first place. Right. But um, next year, maybe a little bit different. We have Team Raw versus Team SmackDown in War Games. It'd be, it'd be something different, just like the Rumble. But um, Judgment Day came out the winners again as they build to be this dominant group on Monday Night Raw. Hey, this is the one-man goldmine, the one-man enterprise of professional wrestling and all entertainment, Flynn Hendricks. And you better believe when I'm looking for a good podcast to listen to, I go to my own. I go to the I Know You Hear Me podcast hosted by me, Flynn Hendricks. That is such a fresh perspective for how you should look at life, too. Like, I just, I love that. And then when I'm feeling spooky, I go to my other podcast, Tales from the Haunt, where myself, yeah. I want my head shoved inside a 15-pound silicone mask more. You know, <laughs> I want to have a bucket of sweat coming off me at the end of the night. And just Jeff. Dogs don't like eggs, <laughs> <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> Talk to other scare actors about what it takes to get into the world of scare acting. So if you're curious about how people became professional wrestlers, actors, prioritized their mental health, became entrepreneurs, avoided burnout, or got into scare acting, you need to go check out I Know You Hear Me and Tales from the Haunt, available on all podcasting platforms. And I know you hear me. Backstage, we had uh, Byron Saxon interviewing Montez Ford and Angelo Dawkins when uh so it was great to be back and how much he uh, had changed since he was gone. Street Profits were back in business. Chad Gable came out and swooshed him. Swooshed. Swooshed him. Thank you. I'm having trouble pronouncing it. <laughs> Gable called himself the best thing about Raw, and the show was better off without the Street Profits. Gave us an app. Alpha Academy would put them back on the shelf for good. Dawkins called him <laughs> Elf on the Shelf. <laughs> Hope <laughs> on the shelf. The prophet said they'd win because they want the smoke. I didn't hear yeah. that. Yeah, the street prophets are back. They're back on the roll, back on the TV, and uh, they they got these entertaining promos that's building up to this tag team match that we got coming up 
needs to. Uh, then, of course, the bloodline minus Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman had come out and were given a promo. When all of a sudden Kevin Owens' music hits and uh, he gave a little speech about not being mad at uh, Sami Zayn for uh, turning on him because he's done it before. Mm-hmm. He basically referred to them turning each on each other back and forth for years and years on the independent scene. Uh, basically is what they were referring to. And then uh, basically it set up a match for Owens and one of the Usos. I don't remember if it was Jimmy or Jay. Jay Uso. <laughs> Jay Uso. Thank you. I, I still can't tell the two. I'm sorry. But yeah. I can. But um, one's got a mullet and the other one doesn't. Yeah, the one with the mullet is Jay. Okay. Gotcha. I got you, Cup. Right. Now this 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 segment was uh entertaining. You had uh you know Jay Uso reconfirm again, just like the hug that we we seen at the Survivor Series, that they on the same page. They are the ones. But now they try to get the group hug with uh Solo Sokola, and obviously uh Kevin Owens come in there and interrupts, and then he just said point blank with a serious face. He don't want nothing to do with Sami Zayn no more. He don't want to drive with him. He don't want to room with him. He don't want to. He don't want chill with him no more. And but he did tell him, after all the backstabs that he had did, done to Sami Zayn, that at the end of the day, he's not the blood of the bloodline. Right. So you seen the face of Sami Zayn being uh, disappointed, but he popped out of it and said. That he is the bloodline. He is part, prime part of the bloodline. So they're setting up. So they're setting up for Owens and Roman, I believe, at the uh, at the Rumble. I I think is that they're what they're setting it up for. Yeah, for the third time. Yeah, Uh, obviously, Roman's going to be walking away with that. uh, I believe. Um, I don't. I think that that's going to be. Something to look forward to. I'm looking forward to the whole entire story, the setup for the entire month, two months really, uh, to the Rumble. So, to the um, Rumble, Montreal, and with the Elimination Chamber, it's gonna be. This story has, as I watched a press conference the other night, this was supposed to be a little cameo for Sami Zayn, and this has turned into the biggest story in all of wrestling. So I, res- I, I I'm so invested in this program. Now, to get away from that, to talk about the Sammy and the uh, the the Usos, obviously there, Jay is Jimmy was the one that he had the problem with, I believe, right? Uh, so they embraced Monday night after proving himself. You could just see it. What's going to happen down the road? Obviously, <laughs> I'm wondering when and where that's actually going to take place. Um. Correction, Jay Uso. Jay Uso. Jay Uso. I got like like I said, I got you covered. Jay Jay Uso has uh had the problem with him since no point intended, day one with Sami Zayn. And um now they they together now. But the way I see it is, I'm just gonna put it out there, I can see the Usos solo. I can see them all like Getting real close to Sami Zayn, gets so close where Sami Zayn messes up this one time, and Roman do not accept it. He's gonna tell them 
to destroy him. And they go be reluctant. They are, but at the end of the day, he is the tribal chief. And they gotta obey him. And they're gonna rip him from limb from limb. They go destroy Sami Zayn. It's gonna be bad. Do you think that's when uh do you think that that's when Owens will reunite with him and make the save? Um, I don't think he's gonna make the save once he gets destroyed, but I think he will make the save later on down the line because he has to be reluctant about it. He did say he don't want to be bothered with it no more. So yeah. we gotta milk that. I think that's gonna be yes, you're right. They they do gotta milk it, but I think there's gonna be a my opinion. What they, they they'll be sitting there, they'll be destroying him, like you said, and he is reluctant to to go out there. Like they show him on camera, not really wanting to go, but he's watching and he's kind of disturbed by it, and then eventually just goes and does it. And if you want to see a big eruption happen without the fake eruptions that be happening on TV, this is gonna be a real eruption. Yeah, yeah. Just just brace yourself. We have the Street Profits defeating Alpha, Acad- Alpha Academy in, in 12 minutes uh, when Ford pinned Gable, Gable after a frog splash. Yeah, this was a solid tag team match. They got a lot of history. Um, great comeback for the Street Profits. And we continue to build the tag team division as we uh, move forward with the uh, upcoming events that's happening for the Unified WWE Tag Team Championships. Did you see the new belts? Or the rumored of the new belts that they were looking, that they're, they're supposedly be going to be presented at some point? No, I haven't. They go drop the dime belts? That's the rumor. that it, There's been talk about that for a long time. And then a uh, picture surfaced online that this was the rumor that this is possibly the belts that they're replacing them with. Uh, I think the Pretty looking cool, but pretty cool looking belts. If that if that is uh, in fact the correct belts that they're going to be, you know, because every time somebody says that the belts are changing, all of a sudden these mysterious designs start show, start showing up. Some of them could be just designs that the uh, what's the word that they refused to use in the past. You know what I mean? Uh, okay. When they're presented, so and then you know there's still photos, but if this is the correct belt, they're they're similar to like what the Intercontinental belt looked like, sort of looks okay. like now present so which i don't hate that design i'm down for the change yeah. we need to change i'm getting tired of the pennies and the dimes see i don't think those belts are that bad looking everybody hates them but uh look at some of those older belts and then you know i think the problem it. was with is they're just all like silver they don't got no color to them it's just the belt the color yeah. of the belt and then it's just the dimes itself they don't got no like wwe mm-hmm. color logo on there or nothing yeah, yeah, they don't have any personality. Just like the, the 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 undisputed universal WWE championship. That is definitely probably the worst belt that I've seen. I mean, it's the, even the spinner is better than that. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I agree with it. I agree. Yeah. I always liked the, the undisputed uh, WWE championship. The, the Brock Lesnar belt that he had, the Brock Lesnar belt, the uh, yeah. the yeah, that belt, and always the uh, the ego belt. They got rid of that uh, undisputed belt like way too quick. I thought it was a very very nice looking belt. Yeah, they did. It was too fast, too fast. Austin Theory came out and bragged about winning the United States Championship, 
And then who interrupts but Seth Rollins and some of uh, his wife's lingerie <laughs> comes out. <laughs> My thing is, what the fuck is Seth Rollins wearing, dude? He looked what? like he rummaged through, uh, uh, you know, Becky's uh, <laughs> sex sexy lingerie uh, <laughs> to wear down. And he comes out dressed so weird sometimes. But this... This took the cake, man. Yeah, it did. It was uh, <clears throat> very revealing. Something revealing yeah. that we did not want to see on our television. And uh, hopefully he will never wear that again. But you know what? I'm not going to front. Randy Savage wore the same thing back in the day. And, he wore uh, that? He right. wore something similar to that. And then you had Beefcake exposing himself as well. Oh, Bruce God, Beefcake. yeah. So, you know... I, I, our years of wrestling of being exposed to these guys, being exposed to our eyes, unfortunately. One thing about this, you know, he's uh, Austin Theory out here uh, celebrating that he won the belt. Seth comes out. He does not looked, look upset at all about losing the title the night before or two nights before. He's rather chipper and, uh, you know, just didn't seem like he was affected by losing the title at all, which I thought was just very, very strange. Yeah, it was strange, but he did try to bait him into uh, bait him into a fight. Basically, still call him a kid, and continuously call him a kid. But just like Austin Theory said, it's the champ's time, and whenever uh, the action gonna happen, it's gonna it's actually gonna happen on his time. So um, we got this upcoming program between these two, which should be a instant classic between these two. Cause Austin Theory is Austin Theory is real good. And Seth Rollins man. continues to be uh, on top of his game as well as a babyface now. So uh, look forward to these future matchups. There's an anything goes match with uh, Dexter Loomis and the Miz. The only the, the the only plus about this match was the vice grip on top of uh, Dexter. That was that was purely ridiculous. But <laughs> yeah, that's the only thing I remember. I got to tell you that, you know, I don't I don't hate the Miz. I think that he's actually, you know, very good, but he's been really getting annoying. But I think that's his job to get annoying to the fans. So, I try not to let that um I feel like he's getting X-Pac heat <laughs> in a way. You know what I mean? Like he's just people just want him off their TV. And not because they're supposed to. It's just because they don't want to watch him at all. Yeah, my guy has come a long way from the real world to being the WWE champion main event at WrestleMania 27 to being annoying as hell on television. Um, whatever they fetch him, he, he does it, and he does it to the best ability. I don't blame him. Um, this this program for the last few weeks, maybe even months, it's just been – Draining and um, Desha Loomis has a contract now with money. <laughs> you see, <laughs> was handing hundred dollar bills out to the kids, yeah. Uh, so I was like, I wonder if those were plants at first, but uh, WWE I think yeah, oh, yes, they could that whole bag they could have. <laughs> um, but whatever the Miz is assigned, he does it, he does it happily, he does not care because he's like. 
dude, do you know how much money that dude makes? He makes a lot of fucking money. So Definitely. I don't think I don't think he cares. Um, I do like Dexter Loomis, but this really this was just wretched to watch. This whole entire thing. It really honestly did nothing for me. Yeah, this this program has like I said, it didn't legit drained out everybody. They're tired of this program. So uh, hopefully going forward is something entertaining from Dexter Loomis. Dexter Loomis, he has an easy job. He has a stone face. He's basically playing like a serial killer, American Psycho style. And um, <laughs> and I respect it. But this program with The Miz, you would think on paper would be entertaining. But it's not. There's been, there's been times I, I really just burst out laughing throughout this whole entire story. Absolutely. But as the time went on, I just started to get more and more like, oh, God, please. Especially when they added Johnny Gargano. When they added him, it, it made it even worse. Wasn't they he, made Johnny Gargano. Huh? Isn't this his father or whatever? What was the story in NXT where uh, they were related somehow, right? Oh, yeah, they were related somehow. Yeah. And, you know, they trying to they in the wedding with the uh, with, uh, – I forgot her name, but uh, yeah, it was it was a whole entertaining thing that was happening on NXT. I guess they try to bring that to the main roster, yeah. just with a little twist with the Miz, and it's just not working. Even when they did the little uh, sixty minutes uh, type uh, episode where Johnny Gargano was trying to expose Miz for setting this whole thing up. Oh. We had Candice LeRae defeating Dakota Kai, twelve minute match. It was all right. Yeah, it was all right. It was solid. You know, the cancel rate needed to swim. Um, you know, that's the that's the system with Raw now. Like everybody's getting over twelve minutes of wrestling time, and um, certain ones don't deserve that much time. But um, I could, you tell know, it was you, great yeah. time for the ladies. It was good time for the ladies. And we had the main event. It was Kevin Owens and Jey Uso. They went uh, 22 minutes. I thought that this was a fantastic match. These guys worked a hell of a match. Literally. Hell of a match. I thought this was just one of those kind of, it was very convincing, kind of edge of your seat type matches. It was very good. Yeah, they was in the dead hour, the third hour, but they made sure they spiced up the main event with these two great competitors. Main event, Jey Uso. And Kevin Owens and uh, Kevin Owens with the win. But the bloodline continues to destroy Kevin Owens and build up to this Kevin Owens versus Roman Reigns match, which uh, Kevin Owens had Roman Reigns beat last Sunday, uh, last Saturday, correction. Last Saturday, he had him beat. So we continue the storyline and on our road to the Royal Rumble. Do you like scary movies? What about science fiction and cult films? Then please visit Shocking Things. You can search for us on your favorite podcatcher. You can also go to anchor.fm slash shocking things for the main hub for the links to episodes and our social media. Now try and enjoy the daylight. Shocking Things. So AEW Dynamite. <laughs> Wednesday night. Dynamite. Uh, do we have uh, Moxley start off the show? Yeah, Which we have right? Moxley yeah. kick off the show. He uh, come in with the promo and said that he he's better than anybody in the in the world, whether they're in the backstage area. 
where they 100 miles away and then we get a surprise. We get a hangman page with the return after his concussion that he had from John Moxley a few weeks ago. And it started hot on dynamite. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't really, uh, at least, uh, he didn't come out wearing butterflies on his jeans. <laughs> well, him wanting to fight John Moxley. You, you will hope that he would have no butterfly on his jeans, but, uh, this time he was ready to fight. With no butterflies, and that's good. That's good enough for me. Even with John Moxley, he almost took a spill on the side of the ramp. You know, the action yeah. was spilled on the side. It was a very funny moment, but still, like, I guess this is going to be the 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 road for uh, what's the next? Uh, well, we we far away from Revolution. Yeah, I guess it's, it's a special. Um, we got Winter is coming in two weeks, I believe, which is the it's a TV special. Uh, of dynamite, and I don't think that I think their next pay per view is a Ring of Honor pay per view, which is a final battle. So I don't know. I'm trying to remember here. I could probably look it up. So no, that's the next one. That's the next one. Uh, Ring of Honor. I don't count yeah. that, but uh, uh, that's the next yeah. one. Up. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, I'm trying to remember per, uh, properly, but uh, we ended up uh, this match. They put this on first. I mean, goddamn, this really got the crowd going. It was uh, Brian Danielson and Dax Harwood. Brian Danielson uh, forced them to submit. I could not. This match was. This is Dax Harwood. This just goes to show you what kind of wrestler this guy is. He wanted a match with Danielson. They put him on TV, uh, wrestling him. And this is the first ever time. Now, mind you, they were in uh, two different companies together for a very long time uh -huh. uh, together. And they got this match here, opening up AEW Dynamite, or the first match on the show, excuse me. Um, and this just back and forth for like, I don't have the time. But it went back and forth for, well, probably like 15 minutes or so. And these guys just showed what kind of class of wrestlers that these guys are. Danielson has always been, the last 20 years, one of the greatest wrestlers in the entire world. But this put uh, Dax way up there by showing that he can do this. Yeah, it has Dax Howard continue to be the candidate for uh, Wrestler of the Year in 2022, yeah. along with others. And um this was a very good opener between the two. Um, first time ever between these two as well. Dax Harwood has some classics with CM Punk lately with uh, his own partner as well. Um, he has been on a, a tear, <laughs> a legit tear. I want, I want to put the tag team titles aside from different promotions. I just want to put that aside. He has been on a tear singles-wise um, this year. And this was a great opener with uh, Jameson tapping out hardwood. Um, and it was great. What do you think about uh, during the AEW pay-per-view of Cash tweeting out, uh, basically asking why they weren't booked, uh, saying why they weren't booked, and sharing a picture of one of their better matches in NXT during that? Yeah, um... Hey, they ain't lying. Why are they not on the card? I understand a lot of people cannot be on the card. I respect that fully. These hold these guys hold tag titles in three different companies, right? Yes, they do. All right then. But then not only that, yeah, other people on the card that did not deserve to be on the card. <laughs> Certain matches that did not deserve to be. Yeah, we 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 talked about that. Like we we talked about that briefly uh, yeah. last Saturday. As we talked about all the matches that he had on foot, full gear that did not need to be on there. Yeah. 
we won't talk about that any further until the next nah, pay-per-view, and then we tell you who shouldn't be on this show. Matter of um, fact, that's going to be the next. Matter of fact, going forward with all AEW pay-per-view events, we're going to make a list of matches that should not be on card. That's a good idea. And <laughs> for one of the things is the roster is so deep, it's that they don't. I believe that Tony tries to spotlight certain people that should not necessarily not not to say that they don't deserve it. Okay. Yeah. It's that you have other people that are top stars or champions or what have you that are, should be on your damn show. Do you remember when Vince was not uh, Shinsuke was not on for God months and months and months and he was on the he was the Intercontinental Champion. Yeah. Then he shows up randomly on a pre-show and that was the first time we'd seen him in like five months. Five months, yeah, you're correct. So, this is very similar in that way. You know, it's like Tony hires these guys; they're his action figures, basically. And when he gets sick of them, he puts them in the box, basically catering. Mm-hmm. So, and then you know he pulls out other guys. Moxley, he hasn't gotten tired of yet. MJF, he hasn't gotten tired of yet. So, you see my Jericho, point here. Yeah, got tired of get Jericho. Yeah. I think Jericho. <laughs> Jericho's in his ear, I think. But you know, yeah, absolutely. You know, so, yeah. So uh, that's pretty much that story. I think that FTR should be on, and I'm not saying they should be on every single show. Yeah, we're not saying have, that. Yeah, they should get their their time on television and on their on at least on pay per views. But they don't need to be on every Dynamite or Rampage. They should at least be on, you know, the pay per views. I think that's correct. At least I would tune in just because they were on. Most yeah, t- most should, cases, they should at least have a spot on the card against any team that's within that rank, and um, yes. you know you should you you have you have one tag team championship match which was fine, but then you have a random one which is Sting and Darby versus Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. That could have been and on they, the pre-show. Yeah, you know it could have been on Dynamite if you want to push the rating. It could have been on yeah. Dynamite, mm-hmm. but it just it just more. You know, I, I I have been watching Dynamite for since day one, and they do have their negatives. I'm not one of those people where I say I'm like, yeah, AEW is always uh, the the golden uh, the golden nugget. It's not. It's right. it's basically it's basically have its negatives as well, and I could name a lot of them, and that's one of them. Well, that's with either company or all the companies, I should say, but. You know, we could sit in and that's our job where we come out here and we analyze it. So we're going to tell you what shouldn't happen or should, is not proper. So and we're going to tell you what works half the time. I'm going to tell you there's a lot of filler on AEW TV, especially with backstage segments. Yeah, it is. It is. Uncalled for. Yes. Uh, it's random. Yeah. You bring Louis Primo or whatever the pizza maker out, uh, what, three weeks, whatever. Did you see that guy come out? Making the pizzas. You there? Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. You froze for a second there. Yeah. Man. All right. All right. Now you're back. Yeah. I know. I don't know why. Yeah. We'll edit that part out. That's all right. Um. <laughs> but yeah. Um. Yeah. They had pizza. They had pizza primo looking crazy in Philadelphia in the rain, yeah. looking evil, like an evil. Uh. Lu, uh, uh what was it? Uh. Mario and Luigi. Looking like a evil Luigi. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so we're back from break. Hangman Page is being escorted from the building. John Moxley runs in, 
and the brawl continues with Paige chucking Moxley, Moxley into the garage door. Yeah, they show the fight in the backstage. It continues. It's not like, oh, they just sat here and decided to walk to their car as friends. They <laughs> decided, decided to battle to the back all the way outside the building. There's a lot of heat here, and obviously it's, 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 it's called for. John Moxley mistakenly knocked uh, Hangman Page head off and uh, injured him for a few weeks. But now uh, Hangman Page, I, I just want to put this out here before we go to the next segment. Hangman Page really needs this win. So if they are yeah. going to put Hangman Page versus Moxley, he really needs this one. He really needs to beat Moxley. I, and I feel like they should give him that win. I think long you're overdue. right. That it's long overdue. The guy really hasn't done – had a significant win since, I think. God knows. I mean, since his title win, really. Since his title win. Yes, since yeah. his title reign. <laughs> so he's been, like, fizzling in and out, like, going in and out, and it's just nothing significant since. Has he even competed regularly? I don't think so, right? Mm-mm. Yeah, it's crazy because it doesn't. It seems like it was so long ago. Yeah, it was long ago, and um, wrestling time flies. And yes, he just he just ultimately need he needs to beat Moxley. He don't beat yeah. Moxley. I don't know what's going on backstage. But that's John uh, Tony Khan's favorite action figure, so most likely he's going to beat everybody. So the, just remember, go in thinking that that's a very big possibility that that could happen. Yeah, if that does happen, my guy has been done wrong. Yeah. Uh, this <laughs> segment was just, I think that this segment was atrocious. Renee Paquette was uh, interviewing the Jericho Appreciation Society and the uh, Claudio Casagnoli and Wheeler Yuta. This seemed like it was heavily, heavily edited together. Yeah, uh, just pieced, pieced and pieced, and uh, Claudio got frustrated and left. <laughs> and it was just, uh, there was no reason for this. I thought it was just, it, this absolutely did nothing. Yeah, it did nothing. I guess it tried to build to yeah. uh, ring an honor final battle. And I just, truthfully, I'm to this point now, I can't wait until they hopefully find a TV deal. If not, I don't even care. I'm getting tired of seeing Ring of Honor on television. This is AEW oh. television. You're trying to build your own brand that you sat yes. here and put money into. And I just don't understand that. I I mean, do you think at Final Battle, Claudio is going to be defeating Jericho at the, for the title? I don't think so. I think no. I think I think you still need Jericho as that face to get that TV deal. I mean, yeah. but still, like, you get to the point now, like, how many, what, we almost a year now? It's mm, that's a good question. It's probably been well over a year since he's purchased. Yeah, it's, Ring of it's Honor. like almost oh. a year. I think it's almost a year because he brought it when the uh, Supercard uh, Honor. I think it was Supercard Honor. I think so. It was roughly a year. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, come on, dude. Like, we gotta figure this. Like, what you gonna do? With Is he gonna sit here and unify the titles and just make it AEW for now on or something? Because you can't do it as a separate. He could do a separate brand, but the thing is, you don't got a television deal. If you don't got that, then I don't know what to tell you. Like you just sitting here wasting mega TV time instead of just beating, instead of just uh showing your brand of AEW that that you legit paid for. You built this brand. This is a completely different uh, different brand. 
uh, Ring of Honor brand than to the brand that it was than as to what it was. Mm-hmm. So, trying to find the date of when that actually was. I think it was. Let's see if this is it right here. Hang on. It was April first. Was Supercard of Honor? So he had purchased it months before. So yeah, probably. So it's roughly like around January. January. It was like around January before yeah. December because I remember it was at Daily's place when they announced that. And usually, in the beginning yeah. of the year, they go to Daily's place. And when they purchased it, Supercard of Honor was already set from the previous uh, owners. It was already yeah. set up and and all that other stuff. So yeah, that's pretty much that. So let's see, where am I going here? Air Fox and Samoa Joe. Yeah, for the TNT championship. And, uh, you know, Samoa Joe, the Ring of Honor television champion. So he says he's the king of television after this match, but he uh, came up with the win against AR Fox, uh, which I know as well. He wrestled for PAPW one time. And, um, yeah. Also a veteran of the Indies, so uh, but he showed off what he showed off within what the six minutes that they had, and Samoa Joe destroyed him, and continued to be that dominant force in AEW. But like he said, he's the king of television until Warlow popped on the screen. It was saying that he owes Samoa Joe one, and he want to challenge him for the TNT Championship and the ROH Television Championship. We also had a video package of Powerhouse Hobbs, and then Taz uh, shows everybody highlights of Hook defending the FTW title against Lee Moriarty. Now uh, he countered Moriarty's uh, red rum, or countered re- Moriarty, <laughs> basically with a wrist lock into the, uh, and that's it. Uh, so we had in the, uh, the AEW world champion, MJF, come out, cut a promo. They revealed a new belt. Yeah, disrespected, yeah, disrespected Bruno San Martino and every other world champion. A lot of people had problems with him uh, disrespecting Bruno San Martino, uh, saying he's going to be the longest world. He called him something. I don't remember exactly what, but uh, my thing is people that are uh, upset about him disrespecting Bruno, it's a story. He's basically trying to draw heat. I thought it worked perfectly. Well, with the exception of the fact that every time he says something, people cheer for him instead of boo him. Exactly. He gets the opposite effect, and he's supposed to be the ultimate heel. The belt, it does not look like anything. It, uh, however, it does not look like a Burberry. It does. It's just very. Um, it didn't take effect. Whatever, whoever designed it, you get what I'm saying. It's like very light. You have to look at it very closely. However, the brown leather strap. I, the, the brown leather like strap in WA championship. The, the brown yeah. strap. I thought the brown leather strap looks way better than the black strap. Yeah, I think it, it looks very nice. But if you look at it, then it's supposed to be that like plaid design. But you really got to look closely. Yeah, look real hard. Yeah, so I didn't know. But everybody were like, "Oh, he reveals the new championship." I'm like, "What's the difference?" And then, no you know, <laughs> then once I looked at it. Um, and then, of course, he turns his back on William Regal, blames him for not hiring him for NXT, what, seven years ago. And uh, rumor is that this is uh, them writing Regal out, and he's going back to the WWE, I guess. I want to know what exactly, because there's a lot of different confusion as to what his contract was. First, I heard that it was for well over a year. 
Then I heard that it was uh, he has an option to just go get out of his contract and go work back at WWE because I guess <clears throat> what I heard today, uh, I believe, was that when Tony Khan brought him in, he was uh, they knew that he could leave and go back to WWE. That it uh, when he got fired from WWE or released, that he knew he was going to go back at some point. So there was not. One of those things where he was fired permanently. So it could have just been worked into his contract that he could leave at any time. Yeah, this was a very uh, surprising segment after all the build and stuff we went through with him doing the turn on Moxley. And then for Moxley to tell him to, you know, turn around, don't come back last uh, dynamite to here. He get knocked out from behind. He built a bigger villain that he wanted from MJF, and uh, he got knocked out in the back of the head. But um, it's crazy, man. I, yeah, I heard that as well. Like, he may have had a clause in his contract saying that he may go to WWE if Triple H was back in power. How did we know that he was going to be back in power? You know, like, was that ever a plan that was going forward once he got released? We don't know. You know, only, only time would tell. But this is uh his year is almost up as well. He came in uh he came in at Revolution, which is always at February. So he got a few more months left, but this is kind of early for them to knock him out the game. And um this is big news. This was this kind of like messed up a lot of storylines that we had coming forward with, with William Regal and MJF, which MJF do not need William Regal like that on a, as a mouthpiece. He does not. I kind of felt as well as other complaints that I've heard from, from people. This segment went way too long. It was no reason yes. for it to go as long as it's supposed to. I don't know what con- creative control MJF has. I respect it. Uh, whatever he did to get the time that he needs, but these promos are real too long. It's like an indie promo. You ever, <laughs> you, you, you ever have those indie promos that you'd be sitting there and they'd be going forever and you're like, come on, dude. Like, you don't no really comment. have to grab the mic and talk for like thirty minutes. You don't. Yeah. So this would this would felt like this was a throwback for me. I thought it was a, a pretty good segment, with the exception of it going long. And uh, Regal was only with him for about two weeks, huh? Probably right. I Roughly. don't even count two weeks because Chicago, he wasn't even there. William Regal yeah. did it on himself. So I would say just for a cup of coffee. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Uh, so we had Ricky Starks defeat Aria Davari. That was basically a squash match. It was uh, nothing crazy. And we had Willow Nightingale defeated Anna Jay. This is a fun match, but nothing crazy. Yeah, nothing crazy. It was a solid match, and Willow Nightingale continued to be the most popular thing. One of the most popular things on AEW television, and it's going to be a good future for her in this promotion, hopefully, because there's so many women on the roster that don't get used or don't get used right. So hopefully uh, she has a good future ahead of her. But we did have a surprise return. We have Ruby Soho make her return after her injury. Yeah. And uh, sorry, there was she threw a somewhat uh, nice headbutt uh, there. Damn, who was it? I'm trying to look at my notes here. Ty Conti. Ty Thank you very much. There you go. So she uh she 
Yeah, she made the save. She came out and brawled up the ramp and then threw a nice headbutt at uh, Ty Conti. Yeah, we're going to build up to this feud that uh, we're going to keep continuing, I guess, to uh, hopefully get her her due of the injury that happened to her nose. So uh, it's a great new addition added to the women's division because we needed her badly as uh, we're kind of light on the side of the women's division. Tracy Smothers, Harley Race, Tim Storm, Bushwhacker Luke, Bobby Fulton. The Pro, Pro Wrestling Vault, Volume 1. One. Bill Dundee, Super Mex Hernandez, C.W. Anderson, Ricky Morton, Sir Moe, and many others share their stories of determination, triumph, and, and sorrow. sorrow. Get your book today at Russellville.com or at Amazon.com. Russellville, Wrestling And Jade Cargill come out and celebrate. <laughs> Another terrible segment. I thought this was atrocious. Uh, I don't know what's going on. I don't know who's writing what. This was when, but not just this, but you know, the whole show kind of took a left during this segment. It was just like Jesus. I wanted to <laughs> shut the shit off and just not <laughs> go back to it. <laughs> so it was. She came out, celebrated, and then of course. You know, I don't think that she could talk very well as far as she's I she's solid. I'd not hear. I didn't think that this was I didn't really think here was because I was just it was like it was way too long as well. She just said her little tidbits and for her to sit here and put the you know the this the signal a bow wow and then all of a sudden he pops up like he sat on the satellite. It looked like it was taped. So it was you look like yeah. It must have been taped, but now they're building up towards this. And we're going to see this at a pay-per-view. He's going to go in there and wrestle a woman on pay-per-view. First of all, Bow Wow hasn't been relevant, and I don't even know, I don't even know when. Probably since he was a little-ass kid. I, I hate to be cursing on here. But, yeah, it's been probably more than that. Because really? Like, probably since 2003 or two. I don't even know. Since he was dancing as a toddler, now nah, he wasn't a toddler. But I was just saying, when he was small, dancing in front of the spinners, that, that's 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 the last time I kind of figured Bow Wow was even like relevant. And this program right here, it just it's not doing nothing good for AEW. It's not doing anything good for Jay Cargo. And it's I feel like it's a waste of time. It's not like it's making the tabloids. What Hot ninety seven? As was making on, like. Well, my wife mentioned it to me actually. What uh, the first appearance she had read it was it after the pay per view, so it was last week sometime that she saw online. She never sees any wrestling related material, so obviously, I think he's the guy that got her the attention. She doesn't have anything come across her timeline, so exactly. she was like, she thought it was legit, <laughs> and I was like, "There's no yeah, way." It was at the it. concert. They they showed yeah. up at his concert, and that's when I knew it was like a legit work because like. Yeah. You don't just pop up at somebody's concert and in, in the backstage and start acting stupid. You get escorted real quick. That don't yes. even you you can't even get to the star these days. So yeah. it was just uh it, it's just a program that just don't need to happen. Unless he's gonna sit here and grab uh Kara Hogan as his backup to to take up for him. I don't see any I don't even want to see this as a as a intergender match. I don't at all. I don't. No, no. 
I will drink a lot of drinks if that even happened. I think that what she's gonna do is go out there and do like a one of those uh, spin, not spin kicks, that that fucking like the brogue kick or whatever, nail him right in the face and then pin him. If that's that's what you That'd need to great. do, if that if that's what's gonna happen. I would pay to see. I'd pay a hundred dollars just to see that once. I would too. How yeah. Yeah. Throw him to the table too. Why not? Y'all like yeah, why not? Like why not? <laughs> Maybe he just won't come out. I mean, he's doing this. You know, he's it's getting him some attention. Like you said, he hasn't been relevant in how many years, but people know who he is again. Now he's out there. So we had the elite out of the best of seven series, uh, defeating the death triangle of Pac and the Lucha Brothers. Now it is the elite with two wins to one. And yeah, they got a W. Um last Wednesday on Dynamite and um this was a different uh sort of different type of matchup. It was brawling all over the place. They started hot on the yeah. ramp. Uh a, a lot of super kicks, a lot of uh V triggers mm-hmm. and um a lot of teasing of the hammer, which I kind of got confused because Phoenix used it and accepted that fact that he used it in the first match and then all yeah. of a sudden he disagrees with Pentagon using it. There's some storytelling that is that's kind of like flip floppy, but if you want to match where it was just nut but spots and and spots on top of spots, which Rick Del Santos love from the young bucks, <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> you know Jim Cornette is rolling around in his bed right now. Um, he was. I'd love to hear his review on this. Listen, after the fact of him criticizing the men's war games about people just standing around looking like they're dead and all this other stuff and saying that they would have got fired back in the day. I could imagine what he said about this match. This, like you said, it was a pretty good brawl all over the place. The whole thing, they were, they were, um, Penta was teasing the hammer and Phoenix was, you know, no, 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 after he uh, used it in the first match. So it was a little bit confusing. Then, of course, he got nailed with the V trigger while uh, while the two were arguing. So it's one of those things like, were they going to tease a split between the Lucha Brothers in a way? Obviously, maybe not, but maybe they were just part of the match. But I thought this was rather a rather interesting match. But a best of seven, this was probably the worst one out of the three so far. Yeah, it, so far. it really was. It was. And now we got a break between... Uh, Wonders is coming, so they're going to take their little break and then return back to match four. I think when they do match number seven, that's when they're going to put their all into it. I would hope so. And that's I, I, be... I would think that. Either that or six, six or seven. It's when they're going to go out there. They're just going to have spot after spot just working like crazy. Yeah. And, and I'm going to look at you after that <laughs> and ask you. How was this match, Rick, with your favorite tag team, the Young Bucks? Oh, God. Jesus. The, or or, or is going to call the, uh, the, the Cucamonga Kids. The, the, the Harley Boys. Yeah, the Harley Boys. And, and, and Kenny o- Olivier. Uh, uh, what do they call him? Finger. Uh, was it Finger Fuck Finger Bang? <laughs> <laughs> I 
Jim Cornette has his hits with these guys. He and, does. You know. He does. And I, <laughs> I, I listen to his show, and it's a good laugh. And it's not that I agree with a lot of what he says. A lot of people think that he's just old fashioned, but there's about 98% I agree with what his opinions on professional wrestling today. I, I honestly do. Uh, I am very old school, very old fashioned when it comes to watching professional wrestling. I don't like the goofy shit or the spot fest or the, I don't mind Kenny Omega these days. Like he's not out there wrestling a blow up now on national TV anymore. Maybe yeah, in Japan, long but it's yeah. long gone. And, uh, you know, he, he's past that. So I think that he, he's come out here at, he's had a lot of really great matches since coming, you know, on national TV in the United States. Yeah, he has, and um, I feel like the Young Bucks have, too, in certain situations when they have to. I know you disagree with that, Rick, but when they was in the ring with FTR, they had a few. Oh, that's, that's FTR, though. That is FTR. You're right. That's FTR. But um, I'm kind of an old-school guy, too, but I do understand the wrestling business change. Yes. And, uh, but – there's certain times where it'd be it'd be too much. It'd be too it'd be like, come on, like really. So um this match was one of them where certain spots I was like, come on. Y'all just don't give a damn. Y'all just trying to like just like y'all just doing whatever now. I don't know? like all the gimmicky stuff. Like there's too many gimmicks and too much I don't even like hardcore stuff or like deathmatch stuff. You know, it's just yeah. I like a, you know, like the Danielson and F. Uh, Dax Harwood match. I thought that was a perfect match, but absolutely, that's just me. You know what I mean. But I also understand that way professional wrestling. Way yeah, um, I also understand that professional wrestling is like a variety show. You need different stuff on going forward. You know what I mean? Like you can't have the same match five matches in a row and then just that's it. You know, you need you do yeah. need variety. Yeah, you do. You do, and um. Yeah, we got a few more matches left of this of this right here. So we asked for the trios championships, and now we got them. We had WWE SmackDown last night. Yes, we started with the uh, with the Bloodline and Sami Zayn coming out, and uh, the crowd went absolutely nuts. Yeah, they're their most popular uh, most popular thing. In all of wrestling, I mean, you could you could at me at Showtime, like it says right here. You might at Showtime, Marcel. You may be right. I was at work yesterday, and then there was an old lady wearing a Bloodline shirt. Not nice. So I was like, "Wait a second, what?" Okay, you know, I was that's that's good. That's it. That's <laughs> yeah. it. We made so, it. So you know, it's <laughs> over. So yeah, we made it. Uh, we had was a Sami Zayn and Sheamus, which uh, this was somewhat fun. Now, I haven't, you know, since uh, when we were off, not you know, had some time off. I wasn't keeping up on a lot of stuff, so I haven't been watching, wasn't watching Raw or SmackDown. But uh, since we came back, I started watching it again, uh, full time rather, not mm -hmm. just skipping through it. And it seems like you know the Sami Zayn and Sheamus to me, this wasn't bad. Uh, it seemed like the majority of the match, the crowd was just not into it. Am I mistaken? Um, I'm glad you said that because okay. as we move forward, 
to later on in the show. Um, I kind of feel like the crowd in general. I don't know what's going on with the crowd lately. I don't know whether I don't. I don't know whether to blame COVID. I don't know whether to blame whether the the wrestling itself getting watered down and just people just don't understand or I don't know what's going on. But it's just to the point now that like the, the fans started sitting on their hands, and even for a good match, I mean I want to rewind all the way back to Dynamite, but they was actually hyped up for the. Dax Harwood versus uh, Brian Danielson match. You actually seen them. They was excited about it. But there's certain there's certain matchups that they do not click for. I don't know whether they just drained out. But the SmackDown just started. So it was like, okay, well, like, what's going on? But it was a good match. It was a good opener for SmackDown. I enjoyed it. I've been to an AEW taping, as has you. Uh, and you realize you're there for hours. You're yes. probably there for two hours before they go live on Dynamite because they record Dark, I think, or Elevation, one of the two. Yeah. Um, so you're there for quite a while before the show actually goes live. So, yeah, I could see how people are tired before it actually goes on air. Absolutely. You know you're going through like three or four matches. Yeah. Because Dark Elevation is like what, like probably like an hour. And then you Something got like what they recorded, like main event. It was just probably like uh, the last WWE event I went to main event. It was recording like what two matches, three matches. I think the last WWE I went went to was last year. I went to a SmackDown last year, the two days before Survivor Series last year. And obviously, they, they don't record main event there. They record it during Raw, but they just had a dark match beforehand, and then they had a dark match after SmackDown went off the year. So they only had one match to try to the dark matches drain as well. Cause you're like, okay, I gotta stay here longer to watch. You really don't have to watch yeah. it. Though. Well, the dark match, the main event dark match was actually it was the bloodline against uh the New Day and Drew McIntyre. Was that when like Kofi was out or was yeah. Alexander was out? Yeah. So it was like that was the uh so it was pretty interesting to watch. Yeah, you know, it was. So. I enjoyed it. Kind of Sammy Zane with the W though. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was funny that he was going for the the series. The uh, he was going to go for the series of uh, whatever on the chest, pounding the chest, and then both Sheamus caught him and just started elbowing him right now. Yeah, it yeah. was kind of clever, very clever. It, it, and, that, they, it, and they continue to build Solo as a monster. Like uh, uh, he don't give a shit about nothing. He don't, don't give a be, shit about nothing. <laughs> he's not going to embrace uh, his cousin or his brothers. Rather, he's not going to embrace Sammy. He's just going to stand there serious. And do his fucking job. Yep. So, uh, hang on, I'm bringing it down there. From uh, we ended up uh, obviously the main event. We're gonna go into that later on, but it is Santos Escobar and uh, Ricochet, Ricochet for the world the the World Cup. We'll yeah. Before we go to the next, I mean, I like the the way they built up with these two showing their videos of their work and. Uh, building up with the interviews of it, it's just like that retro building up of a main event that's coming up, yeah. and they really made uh, everything look important for this World Cup final. Uh, Megan Moran spoke with Kofi. He said he's entering the Royal Rumble this year. Here's some news for you, Kofi. It's next year. I know we're a month away, but it's next year. Um, <laughs> 
I guess, was it Giovanni Vinci and Ludwig Kaiser approached and Kingston stood up for himself, but noted Xavier Woods wasn't there tonight. He challenged one of them to a single match when Gunther showed up and accepted instead. Yeah, he accepted instead, and uh, Kofi was like, where was you at? Sitting behind the, the corner somewhere? Like, I didn't even see you. So, <laughs> so like, Kofi kind of, like, had some uh, second thoughts like that. Yeah. I'm about to get destroyed tonight. I wouldn't want but, to get one of those chops. So. Yeah, especially after uh, Kofi chest when he – you see his chest look from the big show from years ago. So, you can imagine oh, yeah. when Gunther go do that. Uh, then we had Bray Wyatt speaking backstage. Uh, he compared himself to – to animals fighting to survive. Uh, then he promised he didn't hurt LA Knight as they showed clips of Knight injured. Wyatt repeated that he didn't hurt Knight and that he heard, but he heard them. Did I say that right? Uh, and then he noted that he, uh, if he attacked Knight, then we would know. So basically, I thought this was a weird segment. Sort of weird. Hear him, him speak at this level. Yeah, they've been kind of weird lately. I don't. What you thought? What, what you really think of Bray Wyatt run so far since he has returned? I, I don't. want to get your opinion on Not, that. I don't yet. It's really just kind of. It's sort of confusing because now he's in here like he's just this normal dude in a way. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's not. He's not the fiend or or Bray Wyatt, the cult leader. Uh, you know, the Cape Fear or Robert De Niro, like character type you get what i'm saying there mm-hmm. um so he's not either of those he's just like a guy and like he's obviously like they, he was hanging around backstage so it wasn't <laughs> like before it was just his his previous characters each had something like eerie really eerie and and very confusing so this was just uh i haven't been fully like it, it hasn't fully uh done anything for me yet i'm still waiting for something to happen yeah, me too. I guess this is one of those slow burns that sooner or later he's gonna change into a different uh a different person. So uh this is the build and I'm just I mean I I like the way LA Knight is uh you know showing himself off since that big change from that model of bull crap that he was going through. So, I like uh, that they, they gave him his gimmick back, that they're letting him come back as a wrestler and, and as LA Knight because I that dude could talk, and he's a hell of a wrestler too. I've been a fan of his since you know since he was in Impact and stuff. So, least, and he has the look. Yes, yes, and he's yeah. a hell of a fucking talker on the mic, man. He's great. All right, so we ended up having Shayna Baszler and Emma. No comment. This match was four <laughs> minutes long. There's really nothing to speak about. Nah, there's nothing to speak about. I really didn't like it. Um, I am going to talk about the next uh, since we're going to skip this match. Nothing against the ladies. I just didn't like this match. It was just a build to, I guess, uh, Raquel versus uh, Shayna Baszler and continue to build to Shayna Baszler and Ronda Rousey being together as the uh, original, uh, part original Four Horse Women. Yep. Um, but as we go into the next segment, which was Lacey Evans, they trying to repackage her again. And probably do it the right way, showing her do some army stuff, some marine uh, training, and talk about her history and all that stuff, and saying that the the journey starts now. So I, I like the way they did this. They they really instead of having her in a dark room that uh, Alistair Black used to be in, 
They threw her in they the closet. Had, <laughs> yeah, in the closet somewhere with some lights. They took her out of that and decided to put her on the, the military field and do some drills. And I enjoyed this. It was very uh it was very interesting. I'm looking forward to seeing how they redo uh Lacey Evans. They really need to do something with her because it's like they've been since she's returned since the uh, having the child. It's like she's been kind of lost in the shuffle. Yeah, they were trying to build her up and as a baby face, and then all of a sudden somebody changed their mind and flip sided, and then she became a hill. Then she was off TV for a few weeks because I guess they had to figure something out. But I just like the way the promo package was put together. It seemed like it was some uh, real good work put into it, and it seemed like it's going to be some storytelling. To build up her character like it's supposed to have been a few months ago. Hey, do you like the show you're listening to? You might also like this show. That's right, if you're in the mood for a radio show that does the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, today, and whatever sounds good in the pop and rock world, try out Unlikely Places Pop and Rock Radio. With your host, Final Man Jeff, we've had guests such as Joey Molland of Badfinger, John Bobby of The Pretty Things, Andy Kahn of The Turtles, and many others on the podcast side, but on the radio side, every Tuesday. 6 p.m. GMT here on Mad Wasp Radio. That's 1 p.m. Eastern and 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time PT. You can check out Unlikely Places Pop and Rock Radio here on MadWaspRadio.com. Come chat with us on Twitter at Unlikely Places Radio. Unlikely Places is brought to you by RoboJack Records and MadWaspRadio.com. Plug into Mad Wasp Radio. We had Intercontinental Champion Gunther defeating Kofi Kingston. It looked as if. It's very strange for me to say, but I did enjoy this, and I was just, uh, you know, Kofi got some time in, some moves in here and there, but it was the majority of it was Gunther beating the shit out of him like he does. But if I was WWE, I would have had him go out there and literally annihilate Kofi because that's just Walter's style. My guy, uh, Kofi is the former WWE champion. I know, but he's way smaller. You're right. But he's I tiny mean, compared. I know he's a WWE champion. I love Kofi. Don't <laughs> get me wrong. I think that. Yeah, I mean, I understand you. I understand you. Gunther you should have had him trying to. You should have had him trying to avoid Gunther. Yeah, you know what I mean. A lot of the time, and just when he got his hands on him, just literally beating the crap out of him. Yeah, he did, and um, yeah, I, I kind of felt they did give a little extra time, but you can't go in there and squash a. Uh, Former WWE champion, you know, um, I, I, I gotta give him some respect. Hold up, they did that shit to Pedro Morales <laughs> back in the eighties. They did that shit to uh, let's see who else, uh, Bob Backlund. Uh, <laughs> so Bruno, yeah, yeah. Uh, what did you think about the damage control segment? Um, I'll pass. Okay, thank you. Um. I really actually, I, I was watching it on my laptop and I just took my headphones off during that time period. <laughs> so, good thing. The only thing, the, uh, that, the only thing was the, the re-debut of uh, uh, Tegan Knox and Tegan Knox and that, yep. that, that even went off the rails as well. So, I, I just want to pass. Yeah, I think you're right about that. It did definitely, I just, I had no interest. It did nothing for me whatsoever. Uh, so we ended up having the World Cup Finals. Ricochet defeated Santos Escobar. I really honestly thought this could go the other way around. So I, I thought it could have been him. Um, but I thought that this was very, very good. I think that this match was basically fire, okay? Let's just say. <laughs> it was, it was, uh, 
it was fire. It was it, it was electric. Uh, it took a while for the crowd to get into it because I guess something happened in the crowd, uh, like over off the camera. But okay. as it started building along, going through two commercial breaks, they got fully invested. They made they was making some noise. You had people standing, taking pictures with their phone, even from the hurricane from outside off the rail, even from the the big hurricane when Ricochet landed on his feet behind Santos. Um, all around, this was a good match. Two great young performers. And this is what it's all about as in WWE trying to push young talent now. And this was one of the examples of having two young guys. Well, they're not young, but they're 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 in their prime, <laughs> trying to make it happen, trying to be big stars and make a name for themselves. And they did it right here, prime time on SmackDown in a good 20-minute uh, Broadway. Wasn't a draw, but a good Broadway, a good uh, uh, good Broadway to me. It, yep. was, it was like almost 30 minutes. Yeah, it was a lot of action in this matchup. I thought it was very, very good. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Ricochet with the win. Now we're going to have the rematch. The former Intercontinental Champion, Ricochet versus Gunther. I'm not looking forward to that. Let's uh, pray for Ricochet. Yeah, he's gonna get uh, he'll get slaughtered. Yeah. All right, uh, that's pretty much what we've got for you this week. Uh, so, is there anything else you want to throw in there before we get out of here? No, just stay tuned. We'll be back here next Saturday, six oh five. 605 we've got we're gonna have a lot of stuff to uh to to come back um i just want to let you know uh anybody that's uh this week i will be appearing on the alliance blog on uh youtube so go check out that uh thursday night 8 p.m it will be live on youtube so look forward to that i'm really looking forward to it it's uh trying to get me to get anytime we try to schedule me going on there i've just always been uh i'm working but i'm actually available so i'm ready so I'm looking forward to it. Going to be going and talking about the uh, weekly NWA program. So keep an eye out for that next Thursday. And also, I understand we uh, we're uh, not live. We only go be live for the big uh, pay per view events, and we will go on forward doing that. And if you want to leave email for questions or anything like that, please visit pwzpodcast.com. Leave a question and we'll read it every Saturday at six oh five. Absolutely, that's live after every pay per view. Probably so. What's that? Maybe once, twice a month, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, something like that. And uh, yeah, we've got uh, we've been discussing a lot of really great stuff off air and uh, behind the scenes. So, guys, we got a lot of really great stuff coming up uh, in the future. So, make sure you tune in each and every Saturday right here. And uh, thank you very much. We'll see you next week.